0: Welcome to the City Life Lansing Podcast. We hope this message empowers you to love life, love Jesus, love people, and dream more. You can connect with us at
1: citylifelansing.com. You belong here. I think life groups really brought me into the City Life family. I get to realize that there's other people who are just like me. We're out here trying to be an island by ourselves. It's not meant to be that way. We can't live life on our own. Help me grown God and, grow and more. So it helped me interact with people 31,
0: 32, and way older than me, to feel the gospel with me. Where we, we get so deep, we, we're crying, we're laughing, we're, we're getting to know each other in a, a different way. Um, that doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. It takes away from just that Sunday to Sunday thing.
1: To have that boost in the middle of the week was really helpful for me. And Gabby got to go and you know see the kids and play with the kids. And... I'm like loved because when my mom had cancer last year, so many ladies from my life group just stepped up and brought us food and they'd never even met my mom.
0: It's been so impactful for me personally and us as a family. We want that for everybody.
1: Being a family more than just a Sunday.
0: and also being able to then take
1: that same thing and then pour back into others. It's about the people. Like Just being able to grow and get to know people better. Oh, I love it. Speak into each other's lives. We actually love each other and care about each other, even outside of group, is priceless. It was very energetic, and being encouraged to even talk to friends that, my friends outside of the life group about Jesus, so. We've always felt at home here. We're human and just as they are and we're not on any pedestal by any means. But just getting down to the raw, the nitty-gritty of the life group.
0: Growing my faith stronger is doing life together because even Jesus talked about, he talked about how like they're gonna know me by the love that you guys have for one another. Like as a dude who's very individualistic, I always have like questions or hesitations, like, oh, dude, I'm gonna have to go and talk to people and open up. But every single time I do it, it it feels awesome. It feels so good. It's kind of like right now, my hair is super long. Everyone's telling me to cut it. I'm like, oh, I don't know. But when I cut it, I know it's gonna be awesome. You know, it's
1: closest to the Book of Acts where I've seen any other. This is one of the best things that could have ever happened for me because I just never had that this kind of experience before in all those years. So. We need each other, you know. Somebody could be going through something and we just help each other through it. People get comfortable enough, they just be themselves and they just take off the mask. As an older person, being around younger people, is just like, it's life-giving. It's, it's, you know, it's revitalizing for me.
0: What a great season here to kick off groups. Yeah, whoop. Um, Thank you. Vision Sunday was two weeks ago now. I am the one for the one. That one is a really big number to God. That this year we're committing to get healthy so we can look into the future, not through a foggy lens, but really clear for 2020 of what God wants us to do. That there's seasons of, as Jeff Leak puts it, lengthening and strengthening. That this is a season of strengthening. That we will say, God, first change me, change us, we, as we go love the one. That it comes from a position of humility and prioritize. Maybe you've heard this, but if an airplane is experiencing chaotic situation... Going down, oxygen mask comes down, you're there with your kid, who do you put the oxygen mask on first? Yourself. The feeling would be to put it on your kid first. Well, if you pass out, you can't help them now. And I have sensed some some Christian culture that we've embraced says, I'm going to go out and love people, get them saved, and, and we feel better about ourselves, but really not letting the Lord do the greatest work in us. And it's natural then that the supernatural flows through the natural of how we love people. And they don't feel belittled because we are remembering and wrecked by grace daily that I was lost and I'm found. I was dead in sin, but I made brand new. And as we walk this journey out, we can begin to get a heart of, in the story of the prodigal, like the older brother. Well, I've been here. I've been showing up. Well, God didn't have to, but he transformed me, and I get the privilege to grow in him for the one, but it all started with me being the one. So today, let's prioritize. The word priority came into the English language in the 1400s. It was singular. It meant the very first or prior thing. It stayed singular for the next 500 years, and only in the 1900s did the word become plural, priorities. Doesn't that sound kind of like the pace of even America? Well, yeah, many priorities, but it used to be priority. Exodus 20, verse 2. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery, You shall have no other gods before me. Matthew 6.33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Why would we seek God first? Why would we want to have no other gods but before him? Because we've been set free. And if someone sets you free, it transforms everything. I've often thought about this analogy. If you were in the ocean and you're drowning. And somebody comes after a couple days. No sharks have eaten you yet. No whales. You did see one in the distance, so you're totally freaked out, OK? And we're out in the middle of the ocean. Someone's you're talking about my worst fear. OK, well, get this then. Somebody comes, and they save you. And they say, hey, we're here to save you. Amazing. But if I save you, will you have dinner with me? Of course. Can we connect more often? Of course. How about daily? Of course. You would do anything if you were saved. To know what it's like to be separated from God, that's why we want no other gods but before Him. There's only one that I found that can offer true life and forgiveness, one that's conquered the grave. His name's Jesus. He said, No one comes to the Father but by through me. He's the way, He's the truth, He's the life. It's Jesus. And when we compare him to every other God, I know he gets lost in translations because we've met a lot of religion, we've met a lot of religious people, and we've met a lot of people in the name of Jesus that definitely don't necessarily represent Jesus. So people sometimes, even in the Crusades, or you see people even through slavery, and you see, wait, that's a Christian? No, 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 no. Jesus, let him stand alone. And what you realize is he is the only one that truly offers us new life. And some skeptic could say, well, preacher, that that sounds neat. Well, you're you're up here and... um, well, your life's been changed, or maybe it was something that you found freedom with. And, and I would submit back and say it's a logical position to look at Jesus and either say, you're Jesus, you're a liar, you're a lunatic, or you're a Lord. Because there's not a question whether or not he existed or not. He is the priority. He's the conversation. Our calendar's changed because of him. Our history's changed because of him. Rights have changed because of him. Medicine has changed because of him. Science has changed because of him. We just don't want to give him enough credit. There's a book that says, uh, it's John Ortberg writes, who is this man? And even in, you'll see the names of casinos named on Middle Eastern church history, battle, Caesar. And uh, here's Jesus coming into the scene. He threatens all the political structure. So everyone who's waiting for Jesus to show up as a president or show up in, in power, next time he comes, it's final. Because last time he showed up really meek, really low, on a donkey, riding to his own death, that's the kind of king we serve. Because he recognized that would be the only way that you and me would have forgiveness. So I share that, that, uh, that, that introduction to say, Jesus is worth our life today, and if you don't know him, man, come into the fold. There's room at the table He wants everyone in the family. God desires that no one would perish, but all would come to the everlasting hope that's in Jesus through his son. So where do we go to prioritize God? All right, we're gonna prioritize God. Well, Mark chapter 12 shows us in verse 30 and 31. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Keep in mind, I'm loving God because he's really set me free. And if you're sitting here today, I'm not ready to love God. He hasn't set me free of of my sin. I haven't given that to him. And and hey, God's patient. It's his kindness that will lead us to repentance. But there will be a day when that closes. We learn in 2 Peter chapter 3 that the Lord hasn't returned yet because he wants more people to be able to come back home. Because when he returns, it's final. There's a new type of judgment as we stand before God. So you can wait, and you can just sit and enjoy by all means. But also, I hope, though, that you would sense the reality and the urgency that we're meant to live forever, and when we die, that's just the beginning of our real life. And that life is the one that matters. And so it's a beautiful thing to love the Lord God with your heart and with your soul and with your mind and with your strength. The second is this. This one's, come on, this one's not fun. You shall love your neighbor as yourself? There is no other commandment greater than these. Simply what's being said is the priority is to love God and love people. Well, today is we are better together. And I hope by the end of the message that you'll be reconvinced that we're better together. And I want to acknowledge that together for some has meant pain. When I get around people, they just hurt me. And I hope today that you'll realize there's a people that when you get around them, they just help you and help heal you as we walk this thing out in this journey to be deeper, to be wider, and to be stronger. When the storms hit, where will your roots grip? Life will hit. The, sor- the, the winds, they're, they're strong out there. Life hits, the winds, you get blown a different way, our root system is going to be the thing that keeps us. So I want to give us three things today to, to help us know we are better together. Number one, deeper. This is what happens when we're in a group, when we're connected with people. We get deeper roots. We grow deeper in Jesus. Rick Warren puts it this way. It's really easy to come into Jesus. Like, come to the fold. Hear the message. It's really easy. I mean, come in, come in, come in. But it's really hard to stay once he starts giving you the fold. He says, hey, eat of my flesh, drink of my blood. Like, die to self. Pick up your cross daily. Oh, man. Well, where should we go? No one else has the keys to life but you. Where would we go? So when he gives hard words, he must know that there's a reason for it. Galatians 6.10 says, so then as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone. Okay? This is to the church. We should do good to everyone. Everyone. But there's an emphasis, especially to those who are of the household of faith. We start first with the family of believers that have confessed in Jesus Christ, that they have faith in Jesus Christ. This is the position of a Christian, and this isn't us being exclusive. This is just an emphasis. Would it be fair to say that if I put the oxygen mask on myself first, that I should put it on my kids first before I put it on the other kids in the airplane? Would that be fair to say? But then if I put it on the other kids, and I saw that their parent couldn't put it on the other kids, wouldn't I just go then to go do good for them too? Right? Yeah, I would. Obviously. Hopefully. If we have a pulse, that's what's happening there. So what is happening in this is not saying we're the household of faith. Look at us. We're the children of God. Look at us. And we're the city set on the hill. Look at us. No, we're saying no. In fact... Look at us. We are broken. We're forgiving. We're spending money differently. It is very challenging to let Jesus be Lord. It is easier to just let Him be Savior. We can go sin for a while and then at the end be like, oh, just save me. The Lordship is awesome and it's worth everything. And out of that Lordship then means we have family. We're in a team sport. We are in a team sport. Now, maybe you're not a sports fan fine can we just use this analogy for a minute the analogy of football someone said it's the greatest team sport if you watched in the playoffs the Chicago Bears kicker he hits the kick they win the game he misses the kick they lose the game millions and millions and millions of dollars are affected by that one kick didn't matter what everybody else did right because that one kick could change the outcome of the game Each role is important. Each member, each person on the team is important. Tennis is cool. It's fun. My backhand's horrible. But tennis is not a good picture for what following Jesus looks like. Football would be better. Maybe the military would be better. That we have soldiers with us in the trenches. But a family would probably be best. We have brothers and sisters. Though we might have been hurt or discouraged, let's look at Hebrews 10. It says, let us consider how to stir one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. That word encouraged, it means this, to pour courage into someone's heart but the type of courage is that of God, not of mine and not of yours. So it activates in our heart the courage of God, the courage. So when we're encouraging somebody, we are activating the courage of God in their hearts. When we meet together, this is the point of even today. The point of today is to celebrate Jesus for sure. To grow deeper in him, absolutely. For kids to have a more opportunity to come back home, no matter what age you are, absolutely. No matter what your race, your background, how much money you have, that Jesus is calling you and he says, come home. And he wants to give us new life. And then now out of that, we have a family and we're encouraging one another until all the more as you see the day drawing near. What's that day? Jesus is coming back, y'all, with fire in his eyes. The king of kings, Lord of lords, tatted on his tongue. He's coming back. It's time for vengeance and blessed those who invited to the wedding. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, and he's the rider called Faithful and True. Ascribe the Lord the glory that's due. He's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. Yeah, he's coming back. Jesus is coming back. And when that day comes, we're encouraging one another. This text is written roughly 2,000 years ago. How much more should we be encouraging one another today? All the more as the day draws near. That means if you've got a believer at work, we're saying, hey, Jesus is coming back. It's all good. That doesn't minimize the pain. You've got to lament and cry with those for sure. We're not speaking Christianese going around everywhere. Everything's going to be fine, kumbaya. No, it's both and though. The beauty to get deeper in Jesus when we meet together. So as a people, we're slowing down so that we can go fast. Groups allow us the the beauty to bake. You can broil a dish, but if it's not meant to be broiled, to bake it is beautiful. Sorry, vegans, but if you cook meat for a long time slow and it falls off the bone... Sorry, mom and dad, but I didn't even know meat could have flavor until I was like 26. <laughs> you just keep chewing and chewing and chewing. Is that anybody else a childhood? Yes. The only seasoning I knew existed was uh, salt and pepper. <laughs> We've been saying a phrase together. Is everyone's coming? We have an outlandish prayer to believe that every single one of us is coming. We want every single one, every person we've ever met. We're not naive to know the reality that there will be people that deny Jesus. But that's not my job. My job is to believe, expect, pray, preach, that everybody's coming. Deeper, deeper root system. Second thing that happens in groups when we connect together with people would be that we get wider in our impact. We get wider in our reach. We spend time with Jesus and each other. We prioritize that. That becomes our priority, God and people, and the people he's put me in place with. A screen is great. We can be on chat uh, experiences, and I can you know, reach out to the Hubbards in China, but I can't get fellowship the same way as if we're in the room. Is that fair? There might be some things that create those experiences as we continue, and, and technology is evolving. I love the movie Ready Player One where you're simulated, and they have even a suit you wear, and, it's, and, and all your senses are at work in this virtual world, and you're connecting, and it seems really real. real and those, those days will come, but it, it, it seems that the new thing is still the old thing. It's just the good old-fashioned hang out with people, connect with them, touch them, love them, pray for them, encourage them. And that's still new. It's still powerful. It's still beautiful. It is. That's why workout classes are still so popular. There's new trends all the time. If I show up at the gym at seven o'clock, there's this window where you feel like the biggest failure because working out has rhythms. And six thirty in the morning, there's a movement. The classes have already started. They're cycling. They're 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 doing you know the the jumps and and uh, and I stroll in about seven o two and I look and. I felt out of the loop. We're meant to be connected. Why would you go to a gym? Now, you don't have to go to a gym. Some people work out their house, by all means. But so many people go to the gym, not for the equipment. It's for the accountability and the connection. It's to be close to people. It's just, there's a camaraderie. It makes us feel like we're known. And we all have a desire to be needed and known. We call it, you belong. You belong. We want to belong. 1 Corinthians 12 says, Just as the body is one, has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free. It starts to get uncomfortable. You mean, God, you want to save them? Those people? Yeah, is what he's doing. And all were made to drink of one spirit. Have you ever been to a Catholic uh, communion time and you all drink from the same cup? We're all drinking from one same spirit here. That was, the, that's, I think that's the, I've tried and I don't have anything against drinking. Let's just make this loud and clear. Uh, drinking in the Bible is spoken of negative when you get drunk or if you're trying to soak out, drown out your sorrows but it's spoken favorably through celebration. So it's not, and you got to know your temperament. Personally, so here's where I use this story. I don't drink. Um, I, I felt God tell me the last few years, you could drink. Now, because of my past and different things, I just decide, look, I already got enough stuff going on. The last thing, days are stressful. Next thing you know, one celebration leads to the next. But the first time I'd had alcohol in Jesus was a, several, a few years into walking with Christ. was at a Catholic mass. Thing. And I came up. It was like, woo! my body was all super hot. I was like, that was not grape juice. And I looked over at Crystal. <laughs> and uh, I thought it was interesting. So ironic that the first time I had alcohol, um, was uh, was in a church. Anyways, it's fun. We're all going to drink of one spirit. That's what we do. Skipping down to verse twenty-six: If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. The point: No one is isolated and alone in Jesus. Whether you want to be or not, whether I want to be or not, no one is. And in fact. When we suffer, I suffer, you suffer. But when I get celebrated, you get celebrated. Even last Saturday, the aliens, uh, was so amazing, you guys brought us to this thing called the pastor salute. And we were honored as uh, one of the churches that got saluted and, and Crystal and I walked down the red carpet. Super uncomfortable for us at the beginning. And they're, they're cheering for you and it's at the Kellogg Center. And as a pastor, I'm thinking, Trying to reconcile this, like Jesus died on the cross, and here I am walking on the red carpet. But, but it was actually beautiful because what was championed was was not look at the heroes. It was it was thank you for your service and thank you for the work that the family's doing, the body's doing, and you represent that. So so don't grow weary in doing good. May Jesus be encouraging you and you continue and they're pouring encourage, they're encouraging us in our heart, pouring that into our spirit and got to connect with other pastors in the area and they were celebrating the work that God is doing in city life. There was no competition. It was just all love. So give it up for yourselves. You guys were honored last week. You guys were honored. (laughs) The image is we as we are deep Connecting each other, we get wide in our reach. We're wide. Wide in our success, but also wide in our pain. But then we evenly distribute and we share that. We share the burden. Now, you are the body and individual members of it. In Acts 2, you see a popular passage of Scripture. One that I've loved but it's hard to live. 46, and day by day, attending the temple together, breaking bread in the homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day those who were being saved. Here's what's taking place. They're connecting for group. They're connecting for church. They're connecting for worship. They're connecting for learning. And God's just naturally making their reach and their impact wider. How do we read it, especially from a Western perspective? Western being uh, uh, he, not the Eastern, but, but the Western. Primarily, let's just zoom in and say American. American, success, Disney World, where are you going? I won the trophy. Who wins the game? But, so we read it backwards. We say, man, I want the Lord to add to people that are being saved day by day. Add to the number. God, do it, do it. You know how it happened? From grueling and grinding and being in community. Common unity. In finding out that Jesus is transforming us, he's pulling us all close. So God expands our width naturally. That's what what I want us to take away. Naturally, the byproduct of us connecting is that God will reach more people. It's so amazing. The household of faith coming together. And then number three, the thing I want to highlight here before we start to land, is we get stronger. Ephesians 4 the opposite of being strong here, the imagery is that we're like little children. So, God gives, verse 11, we're picking up, and He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. We'll teach on this another day, but this is the fivefold ministry gift. And my personal opinion, I don't think everyone in this church holds this opinion, but get ready for this one. I don't think it's just a fivefold gift. And here's why because the gifts are listed different times in the scriptures. And there's different gifts listed. In fact, there's so many gifts, and I don't know the exact number offhand, but what we find is, I think, the trend we can take is that God equips the gifts needed in the specific region that he knows he needs. And some people will just... will be one of these gifts, but I don't think we need to get us hung up in, are you a teacher? Are you an evangelist? And not knocking if that's that's your thing and that's your gig. I just think there's a bigger story going on. It's the good news of the kingdom of God. That's what Jesus was focused on. So I'm not as much focused on what is our niche. In fact, I think our niche is this, servant. Servant. Of course we have giftings and talents and abilities. It's one of the things we love here, discover what God has made you to do. We use a three-fold kind of process behind the scenes with the team. You are loved. You belong groups. So loved, good news is done in that way. But then you have purpose. What has God made you to do? He's given you a voice. He's given you a passion for kids. Trust me, if I was back there right now holding them babies, it's a short, short fuse. Short, short fuse. Other people have that gift. Don't we compare gifts too much? This is a gift we all have. It's the gift of servanthood. The gift of servanthood. So God gave these, these, these people that are gifted to equip the saints of the work of the ministry for building up the body of Christ until we all attain unity of faith in the knowledge of the Son of God to mature. Everybody say mature. Come on. Mature. I don't want to be immature. I want to be mature in Christ. Mature manhood to the measure of the stature and the fullness of Christ so that we... May no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up. Somebody say, Grow up. Grow up. Come on, that was for you. You know who else that was for? Me. I don't care what age you are. A lot of us got to grow up still. During prayer yesterday, we did a time of reflection where God was examining our hearts. And we first started with the log in my own eye. And I wrote down the word laziness for me. I said, man, am I lazy? And my temptation was to compare myself to whoever I know that works. I thought, I'm not lazy. And then I paused and I thought, hmm, I do have moments throughout my week, where I just check out. And there's a grace there. I don't have to work to prove anything. But when I'm checking out and I'm not giving my kids my best, I'm not giving my wife my best, That's a there's a laziness there. And I was grateful for the Lord showing me that there needs to be some more maturity in that area. Because I'm growing up, and you're growing up, in every way, into him who is the head in Christ, from whom the whole body joined together by every joint which is equipped, which, part, which each part is working properly, makes the whole body grow so that it has built itself up in love. We have different functions in the body of Christ. There's some people that love being extroverts. They say hi in the Connect team. There's love that people that hear that love being behind the scenes, and they say, I'm on the Get Stuff Done team. That's beautiful. And when each part is working well, we represent the fullness of Christ. And we build itself up, build our body up in love. The message puts it, no longer prolonged infancies among us, please. We'll not tolerate babies in the woods, small children who are easy, mark for impostors. God wants us to grow up. To know the whole truth and tell it in love like Christ in everything. We take our lead from Christ who is the source of everything we do. He keeps us in step with each other. His very breath and blood flow through us. Nourishing us so that we will grow up healthy in God. Robust in love. Somebody said amen. You got to have people in your life that will make you stronger. My pastor Brad Leach, City Life Philly, that helped birth this church... The rhythms of ministry are real. The pressure to try to hit a home run all the time is there. But it was Brad that said, it's okay sometimes just to hit a base hit. They might come on a Sunday and be like, oh, it wasn't as good as Vision Sunday. He's like, it's okay, it's just a base hit. He goes, because, Jerome, I'm trying to make sure the best sermon you preach is 20 years from now, not this weekend. Who do we have in our life that's saying the best thing you'll do? I'm trying to make sure it's 20 years from now, not just today. Ecclesiastes 4, it's better to have a partner than to go it alone. So we're not playing tennis today. There's no solo sport in Christianity. We want to share the work, share the wealth. And if one falls down, the other helps. But if there's no one to help, it's tough. Two in a bed warm each other. Someone's like, Yeah, I know I'm single. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Don't compromise. Don't compromise. That'll be worse. Alone, you shiver all night, but by yourself, you're unprotected. With a friend, you can face the worst. Can go round up a third. Can you round up a third? A 3 stand- stranded rope isn't easily snapped. Carl Lenz puts it this way: the voice of the critics is loud. But the voice of my friends is louder. That's groups. I have a video here I want to close with, and it it's graphic, but not really. So if you're an animal lover, it might be a little hard, but it has a it has a beautiful meaning and a message. It's about a lion who's alone, and the hyenas surround him. Maybe you've seen this. It was online. Uh, let's let's watch this video.
1: As they mature, young males begin to explore the boundaries of the pride's territory. Red has ventured out alone <laughs> <laughs> and blundered straight into the middle of the hyena clam. <laughs> Is trapped by over 20 of them. The pack tries to wear him down. This number of hyenas could kill him. to fight them all at once. He can't keep them at bay for much longer. He's tiring fast. His ally, Tartu, has heard the commotion. Odds have changed. Even for 20 hyenas, a pair of male lions is too much to take on.
0: Yeah, yeah. There's an African phrase that says, Ubuntu, I am because we are. And we're not going unless I can bring everyone with me. We're not meant to fight our battles alone. The enemy will discourage, and he doesn't fight fair. He comes to kill. Like he wants, he's is it's, it's it. He's like coming for a fatal blow. He wants to steal your joy, your happiness, your identity, your confidence. But God comes to set us free and connect us in relationship. it has been a verse that has shaped my life in that there's a friend, that God will give a friend that is closer than a brother. And that's not to minimize my relationship with my brother. It now started to reshape and frame, wait, I have brothers and sisters in the family of God in the household of faith and it's been really neat seeing my brother actually come to church and my family and they didn't have to come to our church by any means but what naturally as we get closer to Jesus it just draws us closer it does and yes we become all things to all people so we can win them over but there you, you you can't you can't fake the funk forever you, you you follow Jesus simple as that like, I follow Jesus that might be weird to you but I think it's amazing I read the Bible I know you think it's outdated but it's not have you read the Bible right. and, you just, and you walk that out and you get in community and you get in groups and, you, and, you're, and you're going past the service because we cannot be in the middle surrounded of a war with hyenas just biting us, attacking us you have the temptations of the world you name it, it's all there He's not fighting fair. When you have a brother or sister that's just to encourage you, say, I see you, it's powerful. Now, everyone got a groups menu when they walked in. and I recognize not everyone's seasons of life will even allow you to be a part of this. There is no condemnation. In fact, your group might look like just getting someone to be on a text thread with you that's encouraging one another in the faith. That's what the group could look like. Yeah. I know for my wife, she hasn't been able to be in groups, take care of the little kids. It hasn't happened. The day will come, but that's been the stage of life. So your stage of life is okay. Freedom, freedom for that. But then there's the second crowd, the one that's just the, well, I got excuses. Well, I can't because of this. I can't because of this. I can't, no way. da da look, you already done this long enough. Haven't you known what it's like to have a pack of hyenas around? So let's reset. We're gonna sing Consume Me and I would love to invite us to simply look at the groups menu. You can sign up for groups in the app. We'll have the tables in the hallway and ultimately, this is also a consecration for, for the groups. Like we want the groups to be a consuming time. We want them to feel alive. We want them to be all of us we don't want shallow we want to have deep groups we want to have wide impact we want to be really strong and mature and we want to invite people into any any stage of the journey they're in like come on in maybe someone says i haven't even read a verse i don't even know where to start no pressure come on in what group fits you and uh yeah so read this let's worship sign up for a group in the hallway And we love you. Let's stand. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. For more information, messages, and to partner financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.